Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is September 10th, 2022. I don't know why that was a little bit of lag in my brain, but hey, that's the week I'm having. No, actually, this week's been pretty good. Um, hopefully, you've had a good win. I know I normally like to ask you first. Sorry, I'm just jumping in. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy week. A lot's going on. Um, we're we're going to get into it, of course, of course. But, you know, I like to get through, you know, myself, what I've been doing, what I've been going through. I mean, and and honestly, I don't know why I'm queuing this up so negatively. Um, It's been a good week. I've had a good one. A lot of work. Granted, I did have Labor Day off, but, you know, we hit the ground running. So, you know, I've just been cranking, cranking, cranking. Even work today on this Saturday. Um, But I did get in a little bit of retail therapy, and that was nice. So we can talk about fashion, fashion, fashion corner, because <laughs> I really don't have much food, sadly. Uh, I had like chicken and waffles, but I've talked about those before. Nothing wild, nothing crazy. Oh, um, and I had a Little Caesars pizza, which of course got a lot of uh, negative reactions. But you know, it is what it is. We do what we do. Let's see. What did I buy? <laughs> I um, I bought something from my job, my job. We um, have a lot of clothes and, and like some accessories and um, some other stuff, but mostly clothes. Uh, essentially, though, I got a fanny pack, another fanny pack. Uh, actually, I guess I haven't talked too much about this on the podcast. I'm kind of a fanny pack enthusiast. This was something that I started around 2020. This was like one of my pandemic things where I was just like, you know what I, I don't have? I don't have pocket space. Because I'm wearing, like, Hoochie Daddy shorts in the summer. I'm wearing, like, Adidas track pants in the winter. I just don't have enough pocket space. And when I'm and I'm doing anything formal, I'm trying to wear some, like, skinny jeans. That's just the kind of guy I am. So, or skinny pants, as skinny as I can get it. You know, some, some nice joggers. Um, so I don't have much in the in realms of pocket space. And that's always been a bother for me, a problem. So I was thinking, you know, 2020, what do I do? What do we do? And it dawned on me, fanny packs. Fanny packs are the solution. They are the way. Yes. Do you look like a tourist? Of course. Yes. Is, is it the coolest thing? It's not cool. I Never. Actually, I was at a party and one of my friends, he busted out. And he's like, you know who you look like, dog? You know, we, and, and I think the whole crew came to this consensus before saying it to me or something. I don't know. But they're like, you look like Uncle Grandpa. And I was floored. I was floored. Because I didn't know who this guy was, and they show me, and I'm like, I don't look. Yeah, I do. I do. I do look like this man. <laughs> so, so please look up Uncle Grandpa. And if you haven't actually looked up my actual face persona, just just stick to that. Just I'm black. That that's that's me. That's my spirit animal at least right now. But um, yeah, I, I'm a big fanny pack guy. So, I got a fanny pack. It, um. It's called Casa Platel or whatever. I I never get the name right. But essentially, they're kind of on like a... I don't know if you remember Tom's Shoes. How like they were like, hey, you buy a pair, we'll give a pair to someone who, does, who needs shoes. It's a little bit like that in the sense of... Um, actually, I don't know why I compare it to that. Because it's really kind of not. But essentially, it's like, hey, we're trying to recycle and do good things for the world. And, and I think their motto is gear for good. So... They're giving you um, a recycled pieces uh, fanny pack. 
and I, and I mean, not so much like recycled pieces, but they're like leftover pieces that they don't need or use. And they all kind of come together to make these new things. So they make little bags and fanny packs and stuff of that nature. I guess I compared it to Tom's because Tom's gives you like these burlap little shoes. And they're like, yeah, we're going to give these burlap little shoes to somebody else. Now, granted, I think Tom's has kind of improved some of their footwear. But we all know if you've worn a pair of Tom's, you know, they fold when it rains. You, you just know it. That's why I had to shift to Crocs because you just you need something tougher. You need something that can really stand the rain, if you will. Okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, oh, I also went to Dick's and I bought some more shorts. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Isaiah, like it's September, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's summer's almost over, dog. You got about oh, 12 days left. And, and it's, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yes, but I've been riding my shorts out and I just needed a new pair. So I went and I got some, also got some socks. I got some black socks. So yeah. Um, fashion corner. Yes. Fashion. <laughs> uh, it's more or less all we got there. Let's see. We do have some news. Of course, of course. And we can get into it. Actually, I kind of wanted to start not necessarily with the news of the week like I normally do. I guess you can kind of say it's a little bit of leftovers. I've been meaning to get to this article or, you know, kind of slew of articles that have come out. I mean, from it. But it's um, an update on Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's wife. Uh, She got a verdict, a ruling in her lawsuit against Los Angeles County. Uh, you know, more or less, you know, against the police. Well, it's against the county, but it, it was, you know, a lot of just the, like the EMT resp- or response team. I think there was a firefighters that were involved. Also police. Just this whole situation of these people who came and they, um, the, you know, obviously they were there to do their job, do their duty, you know, respond to the scene, you know, do what is necessary. But on top of doing their job, they also took close-up pictures of the situation. Um, I'm kind of, you know, putting the cart before the horse here, so I'll go ahead and read the title like I normally do. Sorry. <laughs> Jury award, and I got this from uh, CNN US. Also, there was an article I read from NPR, but that was a little bit old. I think they had, like, last put there. I think they got put up the 19th of August. So I was like, let me get this one. Granted, this is the 25th. So like I said, I'm a little bit behind. But um, wanted to finally, you know, get it in here. Uh, jury awards plaintiffs $31 million in lawsuit over Kobe Bryant crash photos. So this is not only um, Vanessa Bryant, but also Christopher, or Christopher, Chris, Christopher Chester, I'm sorry. Uh, his wife, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, Chester's wife, Sarah, and his daughter, Peyton, and as well as five others, uh, as well as um, Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant. So, I mean, it's it was a sad story. It was one, actually, I do remember I re- did the episode with Terrell Flowers, awesome dude, amazing guest. Um, we had um, covered that, and I was like, damn, like, that's crazy that people were literally doing this. And I guess I can kind of do a little bit more elaboration. So the people who took those photos, you know, the people who were part of the response, they then had these photos. And I think it's something that they call a death book. It's something that kind of is just this really kind of morbid thing that people do. 
And, you know, obviously when you hear this for the first time, you're like, ooh, that's so disgusting, that's so disturbing, that's so gross. But I do understand the lizard brain mentality of, like, this is a big event. This is Kobe Bryant. He's dead. Like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And I understand almost like an impulsive moment to capture said moment. Now, what kind of goes on here in some of the defense is like, well, hey, look, um, some of that was about that. Like, hey, we were trying to actually, like, get photos of the crime scene, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. I do feel like that kind of rings hollow. Ooh, excuse me. Excuse me. Wow. Donuts. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if I can find some of the names in this article from CNN. But, um, Lewis Lee was Vanessa Bryant's attorney. I'm trying to find the LA's, uh, attorney. But essentially, they took these photos, and it's like, I can understand, like, yeah, you're trying to, like, capture this moment, but what they do beyond that is it's really beyond the pale. I mean, honestly, though, taking these photos, like, I asked myself, like, would you do that? I'm like, no. I, I just... Like, I don't think I could unsee that. You know what I mean? Like, in a moment like that, an event like that. So, the idea of, like, saying, well, I need to capture it. Like, why? Like, the only thing I can initially think is you're going to sell this to tabloids or something, like, really fucked up. But according to, you know, what came out, you know, in testimony and stuff like that, it seems like it was only distributed amongst friends or, like, people at a bar. Granted, these things are gross, um, you know. Okay, let's see. The attorney for um, L.A. County was Mira Mira Hashmall. Now, Hashmall, I, I get it. You know, she has her back up against the wall in this kind of situation. Morally, this is bankrupt as fuck. But I feel like a lot of her defense was like, well, hey, yes, this was depraved. This was wrong. I don't agree with it. But the information was never, quote unquote, made public. Now, that is her defense that she uses. I personally feel like she did not prove that in the court of law. Now, granted, I think she was, uh, Vanessa Bryant was trying to get 75 million, well, not just Vanessa Bryant, but, you know, families of all the parties involved. We're trying to get 75 million and, well, the plaintiffs involved, I'm sorry. So, uh, the Chesters and then the Bryants. They were trying to get $75 million, uh, for emotional distress, but they didn't get that. Like I said, the, the grand total was $31 million, and then, you know, it's going to be split up. I think she was awarded $16 million, yes. And now, obviously, average Joe, that's a lot of money, but something, you know, you always got to take into consideration here, especially for these high-profile, big, um, you know, cases, none of this is cheap. Most of this is all getting liquidated through lawyers and people involved, court fees, all that bullshit. It's at the end of the day, it's going to fizzle into not a bunch of money, especially for a person who is maintaining the kind of life that the brands are. So more or less, this definitely was something that was done for the principal. Like she's making sure that like, look, something comes, something good comes out of this, which is awareness that you shouldn't do this, that this is messed up. Um... She tells a story in this article about, you know, like when she got the news that like, I think it was from a journalism team, they were like trying to say, hey, like, this is something that's going on. Like, we wanted to get your thoughts on it. And she was with her, you know, her baby, you know, her family. And she's like, I had to like go outside. I had to like, you know, go away. And she's like, there's nothing I can do. I can't, 
like I wanted to run, I wanted to scream and there's like, I can't get out of my own body, but that's what I wanted. You know, like I wanted to be out of myself because this was just so much. It was so, you know, detrimental. Um, there's times in, you know, the trial that she cried, you know, I mean, just a big, big to do. So it was one of those things where I, I had it on my heart that I wanted to talk about this. I felt like I always tell you guys, hey, I will keep you updated. And a lot of stories fall into the ether. And I suck. And I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. But this was definitely one that I wanted to put on the podcast. And I was like, look, I think I got enough enough space to do that this week. So let's do it. Um, I wanted to move on, though, to our usual, you know, Russia, Ukraine conversation stuff. So we can do that. This article comes from Reuters. Uh, U.S. Russia could be about to buy millions of North Korean shells, rockets. So, I mean, this story is, I kind of feel like it's a bit speculative, but it's something that kind of came up in conversation. It kind of goes to potentially the the state of things. So that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it. But, I mean, essentially, it's, it's not verified yet. It's not even confirmed whether or not they're going or they've bought it or going. They are going to officially buy these North Korean, um, you know, shells, rockets, you know, ammunition, I guess we can say for the um, the sake of uh, brevity. I don't know. I'm using big words that are above my pay grade. But um, let's see. The ambassador, the Russia's ambassador, the United Nations, Vasily Nabenzia, uh, he dismissed it. Um, I haven't heard it, and I think it's—I think that it's another fake being circulated around. And that's something he told the reporters. Let's see, U.S. State Department Deputy Spokesperson Vidant Patel told news briefing on Tuesday um, that Russia is in the process of purchasing millions of rockets and artillery shells from North Korea in use in Ukraine. Ukraine. Now, granted, uh, Kirby came out and kind of said, there's no, I don't know, kind of, I'm about to quote the fucking man, no indications that that purchase has been completed, and certainly no indications that those weapons are being used inside of Ukraine. Now, more or less, blah, 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 blah. I found this interesting, though, because, you know, kind of what other analysts are saying and chiming in, it's like, if this is real, essentially this is saying that, hey, maybe the sanctions are doing something, quote-unquote, because the act of doing something is kind of something we've been talking about since we've started the conversation about Russia, Ukraine, and the sanctions. What are they doing? Is this thing actually working? In some ways, no. It's fucking not working. From what I've kind of gathered listening, you know, to the Times and all this kind of shit, Russia has been able to buoy themselves off of the power of energy like off of the power of like you know their oil shit them being able to control the flow of gas has been in their favor the fact that you know western nations western western powers rely on them for this you know has worked out for them and essentially there's been other countries like india i believe maybe china as well that have been you know 
just gobbling up, <laughs> you know, what they can, what's been available, because, you know, they, they kind of read the situation. Also, I've heard Saudi Arabia has bought some of their oil or fuel, if you will, because it's not crude oil, but essentially they're using it to power their shit while then they sell more of their own crude oil. So you can kind of see that they're working around these sanctions. They're squirming, inking themselves out. But in a way that you can say that it is working is, well, if you can't buy the munitions that you know you want because of these sanctions, you can't just, you can't, you can't get them. So then you kind of go to old allies and you say, hey, we'll take what you got. And they'll stand there and, you know, and for North Korea's sake, they're like, yeah, bet, cool. So if it is real, you know, it makes sense. And it kind of goes to show like, hey, maybe something is happening there. Maybe not. I mean, who knows? Uh, there's no real way to kind of confirm this. I'm sure Russia would never come out and say it. But I'm I'm also sure that if there's any evidence of North Korean munitions being used, I'm sure that that will come out. And I will definitely love to talk about it. Let's see. And then I guess uh, I'll highlight the article. I don't really want to get too, too into it because it's just more of like a blip to me. But this is from the NPR uh, Russian forces withdraw from Kharkiv region as Ukraine pushes a counter-offensive. Uh, so, essentially, long short here, um, a lot of talk was that there was going to be a southern push. That that was what was made up on paper. That was what was pushed onto the press. That's what it looked like was happening. But apparently, a plan coming out of, you know, Kiev, Kiev I'm going to say one or the other, <laughs> Um, they kind of, you know, talked right, hit left. And essentially, they have been making an eastern push. And I guess there's been kind of shown some success. So I believe, let's see, Ukrainian officials claim to have recaptured some 270 square miles in, key, in the key towns of Izium, Balaklia, and... Kupinesk. So they've been controlled by Russia for months, and this was kind of like a surprise. And I think also this is at least some of these areas have been confirmed by Russia as like, yep, yeah, that happened. That's real. They did that. So that's that's a big deal. That's something, I guess. So I wanted to, you know, make a note of that by all means. If you want to delve into that some more, you can. Let's see here. More from NPR. Police are investigating how the second suspect in, a can, in the Canadian stabbings died. Now, that title is not very helpful because this all popped off on Sunday. It was one of those that I got off uh, the podcast. I saw that that was in the news, and it was very intense. Um, I'm trying to think if I can get both the names here. So there was Miles Sanderson, who was 32, and then Damian Sanderson, who was 30. And these were brothers. I believe that they lived on the James Smith Cree First Nation Reserve, and that's where a lot of this took place. I believe there was also another death, another stabbing in Walden, I believe, in uh, Canada. So this was news that popped up, and essentially these two men, they got together, and it is believed that they, like, they were talked about alcohol or drugs, but essentially these two men, these two brothers... They came together with the intention of doing just harmful intent. They wanted to murder. Sadly, uh, both men have died. 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll get through that as I kind of unravel this the story. But both men have died, but they went on like just a murder spree, a killing spree. They just started stabbing people, and they were just going in and going around and just doing this violence. And you know, in this kind of situation, there was just not much that could be done. And then I think these guys got away. So they were on the run out of the, out of Sunday. And as the week went by, I heard that Damien Sanderson. Okay, yeah, so Monday happened. This is when we found the 30-year-old brother. He was found dead. And it was apparent that, like, he died in a, in a knifing. So I believe it's thought that the brother killed him. Like, these weren't self-inflicted wounds. So that happened, and it was around the James Smith Cree Nation. And, you know, the warning, the emergency was kind of extended. They were saying, hey, you guys stay inside. Be aware. Be careful. You know, because the other brother was still at large, uh, Miles. So then this wraps up with Miles Sanderson finally getting apprehended. But there was like a vehicle car chase and. Oh, it's a stolen vehicle. Okay, okay, okay. And let's see. I think he died of like potentially self sustained wounds. I'm not entirely sure. And there's not too many details out yet. I think it's probably going to come out in the autopsy. Maybe what happened. And maybe those wounds are self-inflicted. Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm fuzzy on that from what I've gathered so far. I'm sure there's going to be more coming out. Um, let's see. The leading police officer or whatever, Blackmore. I know I have her other name, but um, let's see. I want to get her quote in. Um, all life-saving measures that were capable that we are capable of were taken at this time. So they tried to save him after they apprehended him, but he died in custody. So Rhonda Blackmore, Assistant Commissioner Rhonda Blackmore. So yeah, I mean this is a this is a crazy situation. I knew like when I first heard him, like whoa, and then as it kind of unraveled, I told myself by Tuesday, I'm like I'm definitely getting this on. So more or less, you know. This episode from here on is definitely international. I mean, obviously, we did the Ukraine, Russia stuff as usual. So we're going from Canada, and um, we're going to go across the pond even further um, from the Northern Hemisphere, you know, to uh, (laughs) Great Britain, jolly old. And we got a lot to talk about. A lot happened. Obviously, you know, you know where the story is going to go. And I got to take you there because we got to talk about, you know, the bread before we get to the real butter. But, um... I guess we're really, I don't know. Let me get to it. I actually want to take my little breaky break early. We're going to maybe take a couple breaks. I don't know. This is big. This is big to me. And I want to talk about it. I want to want to really let it out. But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, got this from Yahoo News slash Reuters. Liz Truss vows tax cuts after winning vote to be next British Prime Minister. So, like I said, we're in Great Britain. I want to talk about the new Prime Minister. Yes. Um, Bojo had to go. It had to happen. Uh, I was kind of confused. This is obviously my first time covering, seeing this kind of stuff. So, 
there was like a whole elimination process that happens through the conservative like Tory party. And essentially, it's weird because this isn't like a national election. I think actually Liz Truss has said, hey, we're going to wait till 2024 to do that. Like from here on out, like, I, you know, there's no plan on changing from where I'm at. But anyway, the process was like a group of about like, I think eight people or so. And then they all kind of get vetted down, vetted down, vetted down. And it came down to Liz Truss, who was kind of like the, the favor to win. She was already like kind of a prime Boris Johnson, you know, you know, party group member. She was already um, foreign minister. So, you know, she had ties with the whole Ukraine situation in a positive way. You know, she's definitely trying to keep this Brexit vibe going strong. And um, also, she sold people on the idea of these tax cuts, on the idea of like, we're gonna get through this and it's not, it doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to have this negative outlook. We don't have to up taxes. We don't have to do the worst to get through the worst, I guess, more or less. And Rishi, Rishi, Rishi Sunak, um, who was, I believe, also in the party, uh, he's finance minister, yes. So he had more of a hard line and what I would call a realistic approach to the situation, saying, like, look, yeah, we're going to have to go through some of these hardships to overcome. You know, we're going to make it work and, you know, we got to get started better sooner than later. This recession is going to happen. But um, Liz Truss, in the end, wound up winning out. Uh, the votes were 81,326 to 60,399. So, I mean, it was very decisive. So, you know, obviously this is big news. The way it went down was in terms of like, cause you know, you know how they are across the way. They got a lot of pomp and circumstance. They got a lot of things they got to do. Not that, I mean, obviously we do too. Yeah. I'm not going to like, you know, act like we don't, but essentially the way the prime ministers change roles is they go to the, like Boris Johnson, you know, fully puts in his resignation or whatever, gives his little goodbye speech, which he did, whatever, you know, he starts quoting Cincinnati or whatever, which is also, I heard from the BBC, there's potential talk that maybe this is kind of a long game plan. And he's maybe very happy that Liz trusts one because maybe she might not be the best. And like, he can kind of come back around pull a little bit of a what Benjamin Netanyahu's trying to do in um you know Israel or whatever. So he says his little deuces, then Liz Truss comes after, you know, he, you know, gives his resignation officially to the Queen. Liz Truss comes, she shakes hands, um the um Queen offers an invitation for her to make a new government, which I think is kind of weird because it's like this bitch, it's been like the same government for over a decade. What are you talking about? It's the same shit, but she got to say it, I guess, whatever. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, but let's see some quotes from Liz Truss. Now that she's the new prime minister, more or less the new boss. Um, I will deliver a bold plan to cut taxes and grow our economy. Um. Let's see. I will deliver on the energy crisis, dealing with people's energy bills, but also dealing with the long-term issues we have on energy supply. Now, the talk about the energy stuff is really important because right now with the with the whole situation with the the with Russia, you know, withholding, you know, closing off the pipelines, you know, that's just more or less done now. Everyone's scrambling on the alternatives, but still 
I think the most optimistic I've heard is like, look, we're going to go through three bad winters, three bad winters, and then maybe we're going to be stable. We should be stable by then. But what they mean by bad winters is there's going to be in, you know, in England, you know, across the board, you know, across, uh, I mean, at least, you know, the UK, whatever, it's going to be 80% hike in your energy bills. So I can't imagine. I can't fucking imagine. That's why I really hate winter. I'll get into this as a little bit of a tangent. But I hate winter for a lot of reasons. One, it fucks up your car and there's a lot of potential risk going out on ice and all that fucking bullshit. And I got to get to work. So like, what the fuck, man? That's crazy. But also, your energy bill goes through the fucking roof. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, sure. I guess if you're more well off, you're going to crank that AC all you know, summer. So maybe your energy bill is a little bit higher. But for me, I don't run much other than a couple of fans. So my energy bill in the summer is nice. It's it's manageable. I don't have any problem with that. But when it gets to the winter, I get very upset because I have to run the heat while I'm home. And, you know, it gets fucking cold. And I, I got to run this heat all day. And I hate that. I hate that when I'm stuck at home and I got to run the heat all day because it means my, my bill is going to be higher. So I can't imagine hearing that, hey, this winter is going to be a cold motherfucking winter, and I see that bill. But essentially, they're trying to get ahead of it here, and Liz Truss is already saying, look, we're going to have a forgiveness, I think, of like two years or something. I might be getting that wrong. It might just be a year. And I know for businesses, it's going to be six months. But you're going to get like a forgiveness, like a, a hold um on your bills so your energy bill so i mean that's nice but you know the party on the other side has already come at her and already come at this plan like whoa wait a second who's paying for this like if anything the rich should be paying for this like you know the people who are very well off the businesses and, and everything who are really well off and of course the trust is like nah 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 we're not raising this taxes so i mean granted this is classic you know tory behavior so, I mean, granted, you did hear from Rishi Sunak, hey, my plan is to raise some, but that's like, once again, something I would call realistic. Um, the plan more or less seems that it's like we're going to borrow money to patch this through, and then that in the long run is probably going to come out on the, you know, the old consumer, the old citizen, ye old citizen, if you will. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a sticky wicket. It's a lot going on. And I'm really just scratching the surface, obviously, of what's going on in, um, you know, yally old England. Um, let's see. I feel like that's all I really wanted to cover here on this list trust stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more to come. But yeah, Bojo is gone. I guess uh, it's trust we trust, even though to me, she's a little sus. Actually, no, I did want to cover one more thing before we get to the big end, the big finale. Um, I do find her her um political career a little interesting from what i've gathered i've only gotten little crumbs you know little bits and, and scraps but apparently she almost is like a bit of a kirsten cinema only as a prime minister that's how i would compare it from what i've seen so like she has this almost left leaning libertarian style start in the beginning that's how like she kind of comes up and She's almost like anti-monarch, I think, in a little bit, a little bit of spats and spots. Um, but 
she comes around over time. And by the time we get to Brexit, I think she's like, eh, maybe we shouldn't. But then she goes like all in at some point. And then you really see, I guess she's fully come across the aisle. And now she's like a right moderate conservative. And I mean, that's a crazy run. I mean, I guess that's politics, baby. Um, I guess it's just how it goes. Um, but that, that shit makes me feel icky because it, it it's frustrating because it just kind of shows that narrative and it doesn't matter what country we're talking about, who we're covering, how genuine can you be and what is genuine then anymore? Because it's like, is she just doing her job? Is she just getting up there? What is she going to do now that she's here? Like, is this good or bad? Like, imagine you were with her in the beginning of her political career. You're backing her and then you see her now. Like, how wild is that, you know? Crazy shit. I don't know. Just wanted to, wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, like I said, we're going to take multiple breaks here because this, this was big news. This was a big week. Um, yeah, let me... Oh, no. I guess not because um, I ran out of lighter. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, hey, best laid plans. Damn. Damn. That's real. That's, that's beyond the grave. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get into it. This is from Yahoo News. Yahoo News only. But obviously, I'm just using this as a reference. I really just want to talk about it. Queen Elizabeth II dies at 96. Damn. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. That's really where the condolences end. Is that moment of silence I gave you? I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, sorry in advance if you don't like when I do the thing where I talk bad shit about a person who died. You can just probably end it here. You're skipping my show. I'm, you're not gonna miss anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she ain't make it. Ninety six. That's the end of the road. Hey, that's okay. You had a good run. Great run for what she did. Um, but yes, Queen Mary Elizabeth, uh, she's no longer with us. Um, monarch. Let's talk about that. Monarch of the United Kingdom and head of the Commonwealth died at 96 at Buckingham Palace. So the way this, the way I kind of heard this, I the news kind of started like, oh, the Queen isn't well. And I was like, I mean, okay, she's 96. Kind of makes sense, right? But apparently... That's code for this, this motherfucker about to die. So I, I remember, um, you know, I was thinking about it. It was on my mind. I'm like, okay, I guess maybe it's about to happen. Oh, shit. And as the hours ticked, it just seemed more and more likely because more and more people were freaking out about it. And um, next thing you know, it happened. She passed on. Now, um... Man, I don't. I really don't. I, I've been thinking about how I'm gonna broach this, how I want to talk about it, because obviously you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. No, it's bad. Yeah, but when you're a person like this, it's just like to me. It's it's just like the Donald Rumsfeld shit. It's just like the Ronald Reagan shit. Only this has a different flavor and spice because it's a monarch, and I've I'm learning and and seeing the difference in that and how that has an effect on people. And I've got to tell you, I find it fascinating, fascinating shit. It's, it's so crazy to me. So I, I, I was like, wow, crazy. She's dead. She's, she's no longer with us. Oh man. And I, I told people, I'm like, that's like Tony, the tiger dying. I don't understand why that's such a big deal because to me, it's just a mascot. Like 
at the end of the day, this isn't an absolute monarchy. Um, what is it? Louis the Fourteenth was a, the longest one. She didn't make it to that, but to be, you know, frank, she wasn't that. She wasn't an absolute monarch. Essentially, she's only there to advise, to caution, you know, to look at the shit, to, to make some speeches, to do some ceremonies. To me, that is a what some people would call a figurehead, but I say dumb it down. She's a mascot, you know. She's Texas Pete. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any difference. But I'll tell you what I I, I start my day listening to the daily, and um, the first thing I hear, you know, on the day after, you know, it happens. Um, you know, they they do some coverage on it, and I and I gotta tell you, I've been hip deep in. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II coverage but they started off with an interview and it's a person doing it on the street with um, you know a person uh, you know a citizen and and I gotta tell you and I, I'm you know I'm just being all the way real on this fucking podcast it is a person of color and I'm thinking okay so this will be interesting what they what they have to say and he goes and I'm obviously paraphrasing here he's like oh you know like what are you saying are you pulling a prank like what do you mean like like you're serious like you're serious the queen's dead and he was like oh no like he was actually upset he was visibly upset visibly like i could tell <laughs> listening to this podcast this man was shook as hell and i was like i was surprised i was surprised because when you think about what the queen represents at least this is from my perspective, a random American just sitting in a shitty ass little apartment doing a podcast. I just don't get it. This is a person who is the tippity top of what colonization looks like. It is the benefit. It is the representation of it to me. Like I don't understand why you'd feel any kind of fucking sad way about this negative way about it. Like it's, is one less motherfucker to worry about. And honestly, it doesn't change anything. Nothing is changing. This person didn't know you. You didn't know this person. But then I hear more and more little um, like conversation, testimonials, whatever, interviews, and even up to politicians across the way. And also, too, um, like I said, the whole head of the Commonwealth thing, that's something I kind of learned about a little bit this week. Uh, like... The whole idea of like, well, hey, we colonized you guys, but we clearly see after World War II, things are changing, and maybe we shouldn't be doing this, and maybe um, we got to change the name, switch the brand. So they say, instead of like calling these people like outright territories, provinces that we own, we say, hey, you're a commonwealth. You're a part of us, like like everyone is. You know, you're just like Scott, you're, you're just like, you know, Ireland or whatever the fuck. And it, it, it's... It's loose to me. Now, granted, the Commonwealth isn't just lands that were subjugated by, you know, England. It also is some others, too, that have come into it. But you, when you think about it and you see it, you understand why you would still stay, even though a lot of these Commonwealth areas were like, hey, we do want to be independent. And, hey, maybe, like, yes, you're our head of the state, like, but, like, maybe we don't even want you as that because we can do it on our own. And it's, you want to stay, though, because there's a benefit to this. It's just like being a part of, like, the United Nations or anything of that nature. Like, you need to have a kind of support aligned to a power that you can work with and that will work with you. And for them, they're like, yeah, we get to exploit you. So we love that. <laughs> because essentially all this was was a rebranding. Nothing has changed. 
and what I've seen from these little doc or you know and, and and this is another thing that tripped me out was listening to the BBC. I love the BBC. Um from what I've kind of listened to in terms of Western media, it's pretty straight shooting, at least to a, uh, at least to a point. Like you can see some slants and angles, but like it's not so bad. They at least give you a lot of news in a lot of different areas. They they mean it when they say world, and I like that. But um, man, they really have rose colored glasses when they talk about the whole monarchy situation, queen thing. Um. And it's weird that not too many people are talking about how unnecessary it is. Like, they they class it up, they they they, they put this, like, air of finesse, like, like, Queen Elizabeth's doing a lot of stuff. And I'm like, she's just doing speeches. She's just doing speeches and traveling. She's collecting rose petals from little African children. I just don't, I don't get it. I, I don't see the appeal. I don't see the need for tears. Um, and then of course we got the new King Charles III, um, formerly Prince Charles or Charles, Prince Charles, I don't know how you say it, Charles Prince of Wales. I, I still don't know the whole Prince of Wales thing. If you can let me know, let me know. Cause I, I don't, I don't get why they're from Wales specifically all the time. Cause I, I remember it was like Dion, Princess Diana, Princess Diana, uh, Princess of Wales. I don't know. And that always confused me. I don't know. I guess it's like the title. That's just you got to say the whole thing. Like a pimp named Slipback. But um, he's king now. So that's a thing. Also, I know I'm about to be ableist. So, you know, trigger warning there. But like, why are his fingers so chubby? Like, I really want to know, I guess, maybe something I need to be aware of. This is a 73-year-old man. So like, you know, he's lived a long life. He's been waiting in the wings for this moment and now he's finally king and honestly fuck him i already have like seen clips of this motherfucker he already rude he already an asshole he's been an asshole like you can see this man flipping flapping on his own little fucking podium that he's been bullshitting on and now that he's fucking you know king of whatever you know he's already like well i'm gonna you know do what a king should do now like okay man fuck yeah fuck climate right who cares <laughs> um I don't know. I have a lot to say. I could go all day about it, maybe. I don't even know. But, um, yeah. Queen Elizabeth II, uh, 1926 to 2022. Hell of a run, I say. Um, I will say, I guess, some flowers. We'll give some flowers to Queen Elizabeth II. Um, she apparently, during wartime, like, she did some, like, um work in the actual, like, army division, like, kind of more or less for show, but, like, hell, she could definitely work on a car better than I could, um, she was a well-preserved person, I didn't know until this week that she was in a Bond movie, I didn't watch it, but apparently I think she was in a Bond movie, so that's pretty crazy, um, let's see, I think she had a certain kind of charisma, like I said, when it came to the speaking, hey, that's hella fucking cool that you can do that, um, Totally helps keep people on a fucking lasso so that you can fucking milk them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Obviously, there are plenty of places that you can go to hear something really sweet about um, Queen Elizabeth II. But it's one of those things where I find it so strange that we'll talk about like, oh man, it's so bad what Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia did and 
you know, what MBS did, you know, Bahani bin Salman. Yes. Like, wait, oh man, he did such bad stuff. He killed a journalist. When literally like a person like Queen Elizabeth te- technically was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's whatever. Who cares about, you know, slave people and all this kind of shit. Like never really claims it, never really talks about it. And I'm not even covering the whole social shit. I'm not even covering like what the fucking kids did. Like, you know, like Prince Charles. Actually, I have covered what the son did. <laughs> so we have talked about this a little bit on the pod. Like, it's just one of those things. And it's like, well, you can't, well, you can't blame her for that. You shouldn't go. Look, all I'm saying is none of these people are clean. And I don't understand why we cry for this person, but throw stones at the other. I always think that's kind of fucking weird. Um, you know, obviously if, if you feel a way about it, you feel sad. Hey, I get it. And also, and also I understand that death sucks. Death fucking sucks. And apparently for some people, this person felt like a grandma to them. So, you know, I can see that being like a, like a oof, but, um, I would just challenge people to maybe not think and feel that way because you don't have to like that's a that's a choice i i would really love in in my utopian thought experiment that um people would take this opportunity to say hey maybe we don't need to pay these people billions of dollars a year to just sit on their dust and not fucking do anything or even go on trips to do fucking nothing maybe we could like invest in ourselves but um you know maybe not i don't know but that's about all we got for the episode if you've made it this far, once again, thank you for sticking along. Thank you for hanging out with me, having a good time, having a jolly old good time, having some bangers and mash, fish and chips, eh? Um, <laughs> that's all I got. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Um, let's see. Shill mode. Patreon.com slash News. If you could donate, that would be great. Uh, $5 gets you a little package bundle. You get Discord access if you'd like. You can talk on my little Discord I'm trying to form. Make a little squad, a little posse. Um, Also, you get a shout-out if you'd like to use it. You can, you know, I'll say your name on the podcast at least once a month. And also, I will um, talk about a news thing if you'd like. Or whatever you want me to plug, I'll do that. That comes with that package. The power of money. Um... Other than that, I got IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com if you want to, like, ask questions or whatever. And you can find me. I'm painfully online. So it's not hard to find me or this podcast, you know, and, you know, tag it, add it, DM me, whatever. Get as parasocial as you'd like with me. I think I'm – maybe maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't talk shit because I don't have the kind of clout as Queen Elizabeth did. I don't have – they don't have an era named after me. So, you know, but I'm doing what I can. And um, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.